episodes four, five, and six, there's a, there is a little kind of flirtation, but it's never carried very far. Obviously, Han Solo and, and, and Leia fall in love with each other, uh, but that isn't the sort of core of the story, and it takes place over three movies. This one, it's a much more condensed uh, love story. There's still a lot of action and war. It's sort of a, a love story against the backdrop of a war. What, do you think there's a love revolution going on? Actually, the undercurrent of the whole love theme is, is very touching, very sweet, and it's, it's more like courtly love. Are you a part of the love generation? The love story is a very classic love story of uh, forbidden love, uh, two people who fall in love with each other when they really can't do that. Do you love me? Yes. Is it possible to love everybody? Why are you asking this of me? If you're suffering as much as I am, please tell me. Intoxicating. And? No. I understand, and I apologize. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 299 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. Attack of the Clones year rages on like the Separatist army going across a dusty field in Geonosis. We're barreling towards this second installment here of Attack of the Clones year. And last month was all about what the influence and importance of attack of the clones and this month it's the other side of the importance and the influence of attack of the clones it's all about the love it's february there's a particular holiday that may or may not have just happened that ties in with love and yeah of all the star wars movies for lots of different reasons attack of the clones is all about love whether it's the love and relationships between the characters in the movie or it's the love and relationship the fans have with the movie, it's always been about love with Attack of the Clones. Yeah, we were saying before we started recording, Attack of the Clones is a movie you either love it, you love it all the way, and you want to talk about it forever, or you don't. <laughs> right. You very rarely, if ever, see it in the middle of anyone's like, well, I'm ranking my Star Wars movies, and it's either towards the top or it's at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just that kind of movie. Yeah, you never really hear it. Just like, you know, Attack of the Clones is okay. I'm kind of in the middle. No, it's like, I love that movie. I will stand up for that movie. I will wave the Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones flag every single day. So what we're doing here in episode 299, it's the Attack of the Clones love-in. You may be asking, what is a love-in? Gabe, for people new to the love-in... What is the history of the term love-in? So a love-in is a peaceful public gathering focused on meditation, love, music, and sometimes it gets a little crazy with sex or recreational drug use. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful. Attack of the Clones can get nasty. 
<laughs> the lizard is going to go up your nose, so watch out. <laughs> well, there are death sticks in the movie, so. That's, that's, well, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And the twins come from somewhere. They, they do. Yeah, they do. What the, the term was coined by a Los Angeles radio comedian named Peter Bergman, who also hosted the very first Love Inn in, on Easter on March 26, 1967 in Elysian Park. So it's kind of something that it was around in like the, the hippie counterculture of the late 60s. Bands would play strawberry alarm clock the peanut butter conspiracy clear light the flaming groovies but you gotta think in the late 60s in the area of usc there were love-ins and let's hope that a young bearded cool cool guy george lucas maybe wandered into a love-in i gotta think yeah whether he meant to or not that he ended up at a couple well, what what's going on here <laughs> I'm kind of into this. I'm not too into it, but just a little bit. You know, and I I hope that maybe somewhere, if he wandered into a love-in, that, you know, maybe some of the inspiration for the incredible love story of Attack the Clones may form maybe when he sat down with his yellow pad of paper in, you know, late 1999 and started scribbling down ideas. He's like, oh, it takes me back. When When I saw the peanut butter conspiracy... Yeah, you know, and this movie needs to have people in love in a field eating a peanut butter sandwich, <laughs> discussing politics. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's what we're doing with episode two hundred ninety nine here. You know, this is an episode focused on meditation, love. We're gonna be doing some poetry later. Some like some beat poetry. We're gonna have a guru stop by. We're gonna have live recordings. That okay? So what? Let me back up here because over the weekend when, when we were recording this episode, just a couple days ago, I went to a, a showing of Attack of the Clones on the big screen at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor. I was lucky enough to be asked to introduce the movie, which was, which was all well and good. And there was, there was a bunch of people there, too. But the most amazing thing about this showing of Attack of the Clones was how into it the crowd was. Cheering, laughing, the kiss, the first kiss, the forbidden kiss between Anakin, Anakin and Padme. People were clapping and cheering when Anakin put his hand on Padme's back. People were like, ooh. I mean, it was, and it was never like a mean spirited, like making fun of the movie. People cheered for Jar Jar. I was the only person that cheered for Watto, which is a little disappointing. People cheered for Baru. It was just like a joyous, happy celebration of that movie. It was not a quiet, subdued audience at all. And it was kind of amazing to me that Attack of the Clones, now 20 years later, can get a reaction like that from people. Because for so many years, it really was like, ugh, Attack of the Clones, that one's even worse than Phantom Menace, you know? And of course, we never subscribe to that theory at all. We've been true blue for 20 years now. I mean, and not only watching it again on the big screen was left me kind of walking away from be, it saying that that is the way to watch that movie. Because I, I literally have not seen it on the big screen. Uh, I don't know if 2015 counts, but I will say since like 2002, 2003, like really watched it. And I've always, you know, I've always thought it was great, but it's like watching it in a movie theater with an energized audience. Attack of the Clones is amazing. It is a great movie. It is tons of fun. It's ridiculous. It may be the wildest movie George Lucas ever made, but it's just a hoot. It is just a riot. And it's just a ton of fun. I don't know. I felt re-energized in my always constant Attack the Clones love. It took it up another level, if that all makes sense. Well, I believe it because it's always been at the top of my list. And ever since it first came out, that one of all the Star Wars movies I've seen in the theater was always my favorite experience. I think because I was going absolutely nuts at the time. After, you know, riding the wave of Phantom Menace, 
I grew my hair out to look like Attack of the Clones Obi-Wan for like six months so I could have a mullet. <laughs> I made a horrible Obi-Wan costume. I went with a couple friends. My one friend, I think I've talked about this before, who was dressed as Kiati Mundi, and I felt bad for whoever sat behind him because he had a full-on cone head. And to make it even crazier, there was no seat, so I couldn't sit with my group of friends. So I was dressed as Obi-Wan, like sitting by myself in the back <laughs> because that was the only open seat. But it was all worth it because that movie, yeah, it's just, it's my Star Wars sweet spot. It's crazy. It's goofy. Over the years, yeah, it's been amazing to see it go from when it came out, a lot of people we're saying that they liked it better than the Phantom Menace. It was a little more normal Star Wars. It had space battles and and stormtrooper looking things and Django Fett, but it seemed like that quickly kind of wore off. And yeah, it wasn't until was that 2015 at Celebration in Anaheim when we saw the 3D version that we realized as we were waiting in line to get into it that okay, there's some people who actually want to see Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Because I think we thought we would just walk in and sit down because no one's going to want to go see those. Yeah, just, what an amazing like celebration day that was. Because that was the opening day of, yeah, Celebration 2015 in Anaheim. And that morning was the Force Awakens panel with the legendary Force Awakens panel with like the, the debut of the Chewie Were Home trailer and seeing the cast on stage with... Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, and it was just what a morning. And then, yeah, that night, kind of late at night, too. Remember? Oh, it was late for us, I think. I don't, it might have been like <laughs> six o'clock, but it felt like it was late. But, well, it was after celebration ended, it was like after like everything on the floor wrapped up, and it was the double feature of Phantom Menace and I think the American debut of. Attack of the Clones in 3D, because I think it was shown at, like, a convention in Germany or something before. I could be wrong. And yeah, we were we literally were like, are we going to be the only people in the audience? Yeah, and we showed up to get in line, and we were like, oh, my God. And it was, yeah, that was an amazing experience, because it was a huge line of people just to see Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Do you remember there, we were all, like, exchanging looks with the other people in line, like, yeah, we know what's up. Right, because it wasn't like the combo of uh, or like the next day where I think it was Revenge of the Sith and and a, and a New Hope together. So then you're kind of like, okay, maybe maybe some people are just coming because they want to see a New Hope. But it was like it was only Phantom Menace. It was only Attack of the Clones. So if you were there, you were there for the good stuff. And and now hearing about the showing at the Michigan Theater and just seeing all the love on social media over the last few years from younger fans who of course, grew up with those movies and could appreciate them for what they are and Attack of the Clones specifically appreciating it for what it is. And now, you know, being older and still being in love with it. Because like we said, if you either love that movie or you don't. And if you love it, like Anakin and Padme, it's an intense love. Brings such warm feelings to my heart. We say it all the time, yeah, to see... The younger generation on social media, just with the fierce, unrelenting prequel love. And for, for us that have been true blue and lived through the, oh, you like those? And <laughs> wait, you like some of them better than the originals? It's like, yes, yes, we do. But it, it, you, even Ewan McGregor said it in an interview recently where he said that you know, that's the audience that they're making the Kenobi show for, partially. It's the, the, the Kenobi show is going to be Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor back again. It's the prequels, the show. And it's just incredible that we've gotten to this point. And it's so amazing. And it's just such a joy to see. And like we said last month, just how important Attack of the Clones has become in the whole Star Wars thing. Watching it again in the movie theater and looking up at Big Tem on the screen and just thinking, yeah, we just got done with the Book of Boba Fett and like hearing him say those lines and just thinking like, this is crazy. <laughs> like where we are now in Star Wars and how this very much misunderstood movie, how it stands out. Well, yeah, because that was the thing, you know, with the rest of even the season of Book of Boba Fett, like 
the Attack of the Clones love never stopped. It wasn't like there was like one or two episodes that were inspired by things in Attack of the Clones. Like it was all the way through the finale. Like Attack of the Clones is a serious part of the, at least the Star Wars on TV DNA at this point. Yeah. And what was funny is on Friday before I went to go see Attack of the Clones in the theater, we watched on Disney Plus the amazing documentary Summer of Soul, which if you haven't watched it yet, check it out on Disney Plus. It's it's seriously it's so good and so fascinating. And I was really grooving to the Fifth Dimension, the Age of Aquarius in Summer of Soul. And when I was watching it, I couldn't help thinking that this is the dawning of the Age of Attack of the Clones. This is the dawning of the Age of Attack of the Clones. Age of Attack of the Clones. We're here. We made it. Fifth Dimension is playing at the Love End, right next to Peanut Butter Conspiracy. Anakin, don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the Council. He's holding me back! I'm a Jedi. A Jedi? What do you know? The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. You're not all powerful, Annie. Well, I should be. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. No, Anakin, no! said attack the clones it's it's all about love it's a love movie it's about love and attack of the clones the main thrust of the story is anakin and padme's love but when really when you look at it the whole thing attack of the clones it's really just all about these bizarre personal relationships between characters like just across the board Yeah, as much as it's packed full of space action and just outrageousness, whenever it's not doing one of those things, it really is just a straight-up relationships movie with Anakin and Padme, Anakin and Obi-Wan, Jango and Boba, Anakin and Palpatine, Owen and Beru, Klieg and Shmi, R2-D2 and C-3PO. You could say Mace and Yoda. You can throw that in there if you want to start getting crazy. But in classic Star Wars way, like, the big relationships of the story, they're all doomed. They're all, they all end tragically, which gives Attack of the Clones that, like, I think that kind of bizarre feeling where it is, it's so goofy and so strange and so action-packed and so weird. But there is, like, that thing that you get from watching it where you know... You know how all these relationships are going to end because you know how things work in the original trilogy and who's with who and who's where and who's still alive and who's not. And it's kind of, I think, part of the beauty of the movie is it like rides this wave of silliness and tragedy that is so very Star Wars. Right, because really every relationship is in this movie the beginning of the end of that relationship in some form. And it's potentially that the the happiest you're going to see any of these pairings through the rest of the films because even r2 and 3po by the end of you know they're they're still together but 3po's a new 3po because he gets his memory (laughs) wiped in the next one so even the one relationship that seems like it 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 lasted it even it, it was a casualty of things that started in attack of the clones because anakin and obi-wan Oh, you think of the scenes of them in the speeder or flying over Coruscant and just their banter back and forth. I remember even going to see it in the theater over and over again in 2002, getting goosebumps because it's just like, God, this is like Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is their relationship. 
they drive each other nuts, both of them. And Anakin is just jumping out of speeders and flying through the air. I mean, that was explored in so much more in depth with the Clone Wars as all this stuff was. But this was the first time we saw this stuff and just how kind of like, oh, wow, all of it was. And just the big, big one, the the Anakin-Padme relationship and their bizarre road to love that they take in this movie. It's totally doomed from the beginning. And you know that when it starts. But watching the journey of them falling in love in in their unique, very George Lucas kind of way, I don't know, it's, it's so Star Wars. Well, it's sincere and silly at the same time, like much of this movie is. And that's where it's, I think, so compelling in a way because it's like, it's just weird. But not in a not in a bad way. It's just it's Attack of the Clones, and it's like yeah, it's a love story in the most sincere yet flowery and overly poetic, but being kind of raw and truthful at the same time. It's just yeah, it's like only the the mind of George Lucas would write a love story like this in this way. Well, and what's Crazy is, again, just this morning with Valentine's Day, very near, there was a thing on TV this morning where they were talking about the three stages of love. And as I'm watching it, of course, I'm like, God, they're talking about Attack of the Clones because they were saying the first stage of love. And what does this sound like? Lust. Well, and I'm not going to say that little Jake Lloyd in The Phantom Menace looking at Padme was lust, but you could say that in the beginning of Attack of the Clones, when they meet again. In the elevator ride, yes. And Anakin does say that he was watching her when she was sleeping, too. It's like Anakin's sweating in the elevator for a reason. It's lust. He's excited to see her again. All he all he remembers is what she looked like. So I think you could count that technically as lust, right? 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 Yeah. yeah. Stage two, attraction. I would count stage two in Attack of the Clones. Everything from the freighter on, everything with them in Naboo, the floating pair, the dinner. Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this. He'd be very grumpy. The giggling. I would count all of that as attraction. Well, even back, I would say, to packing the luggage and even before the trip. It's almost like as soon as he actually gets to see her again and it's no longer his memory, it's like his memory is the lust. But as soon as he he gets to start talking to her again, I think we very quickly move to the attraction stage. Well, I think a lot of that is just coming from Anakin, too. Well, that's that's a good point. Right. From Anakin's perspective, it's like immediate. And I see, right, with Padme, it takes a little while for her to warm up to it. I almost get the feeling watching the movie that Padme at times is completely freaked out by Anakin. Understandably. <laughs> As we all are. Anakin's move talker lines coming on. It's just a little weird, but. Well, and I think that's a, a, a good point to bring up that the, the three stages of love don't always. Everyone doesn't always go through all three. At least one of the person is going through all three. But sometimes people are kind of oblivious to it until it's too late and they're already like at step two. Which that could be what Pad, what's going through with Padme. But we, we follow Anakin more in the story. So stage three of love, attachment. And again, I think it's either because the story's more from Anakin's perspective or as a person, Anakin feels things more intensely than maybe other people do, which leads to his problems. And he gets very, very attached but something I was noticing watching it in the theater again, that morning on Naboo, when Anakin is woken up by his nightmares, and he says he has to go back to Tatooine to save his mother, and Padme's just like, guess what, I'm coming with you. And then later when it's like, we've got to go help Obi-Wan, and Padme's like, guess what, we're doing it together, the two of us. We're in this together. I think throughout those events happening... I think their attachment really grows in a weird Attack of the Clones, Star Wars kind of way. No, it makes sense because it is 
there's always the, well, why does she, why does she stay with him after he kills all the sand people? But it's like at that point, yeah, they are attached to each other and, and that's supersedes any other feelings they might have about the situation. And that explains why, yeah, she's with him from then on because it's a mutual attraction and attachment at that point. When you've got to think too, with him killing the Tuscans and not just the men, but the women and the children, because they're animals and he killed them like animals. That is probably something he never told Obi-Wan Kenobi. Padme is probably the only person who knows about that. Maybe Qui-Gon Jinn off watching in the cosmic force knows about it, but Padme is really the only one that knows that secret. And I, you know, you think of like very close relationships you have with people, either be like a spouse or a very, very good friend. They know things about you that no one else knows, or maybe things that you're embarrassed to tell other people and they're not going to judge you on that. And I think that is, you know, very much a sign of kind of unconditional love too, because Padme, Anakin tells her this stuff and Padme's just like, you know, you're not all powerful. You're going to make mistakes. You made a mistake. Now let's go rescue Obi-Wan Kenobi. Especially since that is the one other person who Anakin Skywalker unconditionally loves. Well, aside from his mother, but it just that just times up perfectly where his mother is out of the picture at that point. And he's looking for that love from Padme and from Obi-Wan Kenobi. But it's almost like his relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi is like the the tough dad kind of situation. I don't think Anakin and Obi-Wan told each other that they loved each other enough. I think they should have, but attachments are forbidden. They're still riding that whole wave, but they should have, they should have been like, Hey, guess what, dude, I really love you. I really appreciate you. I think you're awesome. Who needs the Jedi council? You're great. You're the hero of no fear. Like, you're going to go far, kid. And then Anakin would be like, you know what? You're a really cool teacher. I love you too, man. And just hug it out. They just need to hug it out. But, you know, Star Wars is all about that forbidden love. You can't do that. If only there was more hugging at the Jedi Temple, things would have gone differently. What if right after the scene with Anakin and Palpatine, like, and Palpatine's like, I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi, even more powerful than Master Yoda. If Anakin was just like, you know what, Palpatine? I love you, man. You're always saying this nice stuff to me. I really appreciate you. That might have freaked out Palpatine, and we may have never had the Galactic Civil War. That's true. Yeah. No one gave Palpatine a hug. He might have just been like, you know what? I had all my faith in this kid. I really don't know about that anymore. <laughs> Maybe this whole thing's off. Call it off. He calls up Dooku. Lord Tyrannus, it's done. Like We're done. So we're talking about hugs, and we got to give a big hug to right now to our, our guru for this episode, the one and only... Mr. George Lucas, we're going to play one of our favorite inspirational love quotes from Mr. Lucas and then uh, dissect it and how possibly it relates to Attack of the Clones. So let's hear what our guru has to say here. One thing I discovered along the way is that several speakers have talked about happiness, and I've discovered along the way that happiness... You, have, you live in two worlds here. Happiness is pleasure, and happiness is joy. You know, it can be either one. You add them up, and it sort of falls under the uber category of happiness. Pleasure is short-lived. Uh, it lasts an hour, lasts a minute, lasts a month. Um, and it uh, peaks and then goes down. It peaks very high. But the next time you want to get that same peak, you have to do it twice as much you know, it's like drugs. You know, just you have to keep doing it because it insulates itself. No matter what it is, whether you're shopping, uh, whether you're, uh, you know, engaged in any other kind of pleasure, uh, that all has the same quality about it. On the other hand, is joy, and joy is the thing that doesn't go as high as pleasure, in terms of your emotional reaction, but it stays with you. Joy uh, is something you can recall. Pleasure, you can't. Uh, so the secret is that even though it's not as intense as the pleasure, the joy will last you a lot longer. Um, and people who get the pleasure, they keep saying, well, if I can just get richer and get more cars, you know, I can, I'll never, you'll never relive the moment you got your first car. 
That's it. That's the highest peak. Yes, you can get three Ferraris and a new uh, uh, Gulfstream jet, and maybe you'll get close. But you have to keep going, and eventually you run out. I mean, you just can't do it. It doesn't work. So if you're trying to sustain that level of peak pleasure, you're doomed. It's a very American idea, but it just can't happen. You just let it go. Peak, great. Pleasure is fun. It's great. But you can't keep it going forever. Just accept the fact that it's here and it's gone. And maybe again it'll come back and you'll get to do it again. Joy lasts forever. Pleasure is purely self-centered. It's all about your pleasure. It's about you. It's, about, it's a selfish, self-centered emotion that's created by a self-centered motive of greed. Joy is compassion. Joy is giving yourself to somebody else or something else. And it's a kind of thing that is, in its subtlety and lowness, much more powerful than pleasure. If you get hung up on pleasure, you're doomed. If you pursue joy, you will find everlasting happiness. So with that, I'm gone. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. Gabe, what do you think? How do the words of our guru relate to Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones? Well, that, that quote is so good because it just, it works on so many levels with, well, with life and then in Star Wars and especially Attack of the Clones inside the movie and I think outside the movie as well because what we've talked about with, you know, 20 years later, the love for Attack of the Clones being bigger than it's ever been, that's because of the joy. <laughs> that that movie brings people it's not the the pleasure of the first time seeing it and and there being twists and surprises it's just the joy of watching that movie is and you can always put it on and always relive the fun i like to think that too that in attack of the clones anakin is kind of seeking that immediate pleasure he's looking for something to fix the way he feels because he's he's in pain often in the movie and he's looking for things in his relationship with Padme to kind of fix that pain kind of quickly which it does but it's almost the joy that comes from what happens later with the redemption of Anakin Skywalker with the memory he has and the fact that Luke in Return of the Jedi, doesn't strike him down, doesn't follow the path that he did, that he sees, you know, this this brighter future through his child, through his children. And I almost want to say that perhaps that is like the joy. That is like the long-term, like, unobtainable joy that is harder to grasp when you are you know, just kind of seeking immediate pleasure. You don't know where that long-term joy is going to come from, but that's the real good stuff. That's the stuff that is, is you're really after. His explanation of that is probably the, uh, the best way to think of, and I think he even says it of kind of the light side and the dark side and in, in the, in the Jedi and the Sith in a, in, in the ideal way is having the patience to wait for the things that bring joy because they aren't instant gratification. And like you were saying where, you know, it's been 18 years and now Vader seeing that his love of Padme endured and he has these two children he didn't know about any good feelings he had would have been of joy and of something that's lasting. And like George Lucas said of, of memories and things that you can replay in your mind as opposed to, you know, the quick fix of learning some new powers that he's going to learn to keep people from dying. Which is what I love in, like, in Rogue One and what we've seen of what's to come in the Kenobi show of Vader in his castle, the fact that it is on Mustafar and that he is forced to look out onto Mustafar and remember Revenge of the Sith, basically, the ending of Revenge of the Sith. Two things filling him with rage his fight with Kenobi and the fact that he thinks he killed Padme and their child. And it isn't until somewhere in between star Wars and the empire strikes back when he realizes that Padme didn't die when she, he thinks she did and had this child that he 
begins to turn a little bit and the redemption of Anakin Skywalker begins because yeah, it's all the memories of the everlasting joy. But I think thinking of these things and thinking of these words from our love in guru here and applying those to watching attack of the clones, it gives all of it just that, the, that whole other layer that makes star Wars, the real sweet stuff. Well, and like I was saying too, I think that's some of the, appeal of all the films in general is there are they're filled with moments that bring you joy and in the way that they give you memories and there's scenes that you just want to go back to and that's why people can watch these movies hundreds of times because it's not just the visceral reaction to an action scene or an explosion or a jump scare or something it's like there's the characters and just the everything about the movies gives you those feelings of joy that even when you're not watching the movie, you're thinking about it. Yeah. It just permeates the, the world of star Wars and the real world around it. I mean, you got the dark side, the light side, one is selfless, one is selfish, and you want to keep them in balance. What happens when you go to the dark side is it goes out of balance and then you get really selfish and you forget about everybody and you, Ultimately, lead yourself, because when you get selfish, you get stuff, or you want stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you want stuff and you get stuff, then you get are afraid somebody's going to take it away from you, whether it's a person or a thing or mm -hmm. a, a particular pleasure, experience. Mm -hmm. Once you become afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you or you're going to lose it, then you start to become angry, especially if you're losing it. And that anger leads to hate. Where joy, by giving to other people, you can't think about yourself. And therefore, there's no pain. But the pleasure factor of greed and of selfishness mm -hmm. is a short-lived experience. Therefore, you're constantly trying to replenish it. But of course, the more you replenish it, the harder it is to. So you have to keep upping the ante. You're actually afraid of the pain of not having uh -huh. the joy. So that is ultimately the core of the whole dark side, light side of the force. All right, so now is the time in the lovin'. We're getting our decades mixed up, or maybe not, where we're doing some beatnik poetry because beatniks and stuff were in the 50s, lovin's were the 60s, but they did poetry at lovin's. I'm sure they did, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Jim Morrison was always doing crazy poetry. He was the American poet, American prayer. Yeah. You know George Lucas was listening to some Jim Morrison. He had Morrison Hotel. He had Riders on the Storm. He had it all. The man loves rock and roll. He's got to. He probably even has some leather pants somewhere in, the, in his closet behind all the flannels. There's like one pair of leather pants that Linda Ronstadt bought him. <laughs> Melody was cleaning out his closet. What the hell is this? Oh, whoops. <laughs> So what we're going to do here is we're going to take some dialogue from Attack of the Clones and read them as the poetry that they are. We've each selected two bits of dialogue. Gabe, what is your first AOTC poetry? So my first reading, inspired by Book of Boba Fett, is called Dad. I think we're being tracked. Dad. I think we're being tracked. He must have put a homing device on our hull. Hang on, son. We'll move into the asteroid field. And we'll have a couple surprises for him. Laughing. Beeping. Explosion. Beeping. Explosion. He doesn't seem to take a hint, this guy. Watch out! Rapid beeping. Get him, Dad. Get him. Fire! Lasers. We got him. We'll just have to finish him. Beeping. Explosion. Well, we won't be seeing him again. That was heavy. That was really heavy. What do you got, man? I call this one. His name was Paolo. All right. His name was Paolo. I was 12. We were both in the legislative youth program. He was a few years older than I. Very cute. Dark curly hair. Dreamy eyes. 
feeling that one. Tingles, lay your next one on me. This one's just called Dooku. Hello, my friend. This is a mistake. A terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is madness. To the point. I'm calling this one, Are You Allowed to Love? Are you allowed to love? I thought it was forbidden for a Jedi. Attachment is forbidden. Possession is forbidden. Compassion, which I would define as unconditional love, is central to a Jedi's life. So you might say we're encouraged to love. You've changed so much. You haven't changed a bit. You're exactly the way I remember you. In my dreams. <laughs> Man, that's heavy duty. Poetry. Man's a Shakespeare. It's not just visual poetry. It's poetry, poetry. So, all right, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, but after this, the showing of Attack of the Clones at the Michigan Theater, I ran around the lobby of the theater like a total maniac, talking to people, just walking out of Attack of the Clones, why they love Attack of the Clones. You've heard us talking about it for a while now, but let's hear from other people, just random people going to see Attack of the Clones on a Friday night in Ann Arbor, Michigan, why they liked Attack of the Clones. Let's run that tape right now. 3PO's puns are so good. All right, here we are at the Michigan Theater. We're with Nick. Why do you love Attack of the Clones? Oh, it was just... The crowd in there was so electric. There was a, a round of applause when the seismic charge came out. And uh, is Star Wars is fun, and it's funny, and it's wild, and it's weird. And that's what's most important about it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Can I sketch why you love Attack of the Clones? If you do love Attack of the Clones? Uh, you know what? I love Attack of the Clones now. <laughs> it might be the best of the prequel movies. <laughs> why do you love Attack of the Clones? You can fall asleep for two-minute stretches, and every time you wake up, something different and crazy is happening. That's very true. That's very true. That's very you should true. ask him. All right. Sir, why do you love Attack of the Clones? Uh... Fond memories of being 11 and the third act when everything right comes together. Right on. What do you love about the third act the most? Uh, the scope. They went for something much bigger. There are only so many people fighting in the original trilogy battles. This one, big as he wanted to go. Right. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Why do you guys love Attack of the Clones? Why do we love it? Uh, clone Troopers, Django Fett. Geonosians. Beautiful. Yeah. Why do you love Attack of the Clones? Mace Windu, Master Yoda, this party's over. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> What's up, guys? Can I ask you why you love Attack of the Clones? Why I love it? Yeah. Because of Star Wars. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Why do you love Attack of the Clones? Oh, man. The acting, of course. Yeah. It doesn't get any better. Hayden Christensen is classic. What's that? Jeremy Wheeler, why do you love Attack of the Clones? Man, that movie is 100% super wild from the planet wild. <laughs> that thing should be seen on the big screen every year, every month, every hour. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so big and outrageous. Why do you love Attack of the Clones? Oh, Count Dooku. Yeah. That beautiful, that beautiful curved lightsaber. Oh, it's the best. So good. Spinning, fighting Yoda. Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what do you love, Attack of the Clones? Aunt Beru. Any movie that has Aunt Beru in it is a winner, 110%. <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. She shows up, she's such a dream. Yeah. Right. Are you ready for May and the return of Beru? Oh, that's all I want. Yeah. That's what I dream about. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Bonnie Peace. I say yes, please, to Bonnie Peace. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's a new life motto yeah. now. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. What's up, man? Why do you love Attack of the Clones? What, what I like about it, um, well, I like how it kind of, 
Uh, well, I mean, I was a huge fan of the Clone Wars, honestly. I, yeah. I, I grew up with that, um, the Legos and everything. Uh -huh. But I kind of like how it... I mean, it doesn't really show that much of it, but it's kind of an introduction to that as oh, well. Yeah. And I like um, Anakin's character development a lot as yeah. well. Yeah. I think that's really crucial. Right on. Um, Why do you guys love Attack of the Clones? Because Star Wars is the best. <laughs> you know, clones. I mean, you got to have clone armies. Yeah. I mean, what's better than a clone army? It's Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's clo clones versus droids. Yeah. So you got to get It's What's better? It's the hottest thing in the world. What's better? <laughs> yeah. Right? No. Hot. No. Nothing. Thank you guys. <laughs> Have a good night. Thanks, man. If I stopped and talked to you after that, two things. Thank you so much, and I am so sorry. <laughs> well, I am just so happy to hear that Attack of the Clones love is still going and still growing and look forward to another 20 years of the ultimate Star Wars love story. I think we've learned a lot. I think we've grown a lot with talking about the Attack of the Clones love. Yeah, and just like you, I, I'm i amazed and overjoyed with the dawning of the age of Attack of the Clones here. And I think with this uh, AOTC love-in, we've uh, drawn a big red heart around the words attack of the clones we've transcended to the fifth dimension we're like buckaroo banzai in the jet car going across a desert <laughs> that was the eighth dimension but you know <laughs> you gotta get you gotta go through the fifth dimension to get to the eighth dimension so it's very true very true yeah it's all a journey man <laughs> St. John Blake. Um, I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Oberansesis, and a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast and uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show. Watch this space and may the force be with you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. podcast reviews when you get done listening to this go write something nice about this tell us why you loved this episode tell us why you love the love in tell us why you love attack of the clones just tell us anything i don't know tell us your favorite cookie recipes or something write it in an, in an apple podcast review regardless it's going to help more people find blast points when they look for star wars podcasts and most of all we love reading them it brings warm feelings to our hearts and make sure you check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com. And if you want to use the handy search feature to find any other wonderful Attack of the Clones episodes we may have from the past. And make sure you are following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you are on Facebook, you need to be a member of our Super Chill group. 
And if you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where we've got all of our Book of Boba Fett review episodes. In the very near future, we're going to have a Q&A episode just for the Patreon folks. And if you are a member of the Blast Points Army on Patreon, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support. It really means the world to us. But that about wraps up number 299 here, The Attack of the Clones, Love In. We did some poetry. We heard from a guru, talked about the stages of love. I'm, I'm feeling enlightened. I think we did some, some meditation, some love. There was some music, some recreational drugs, maybe. I don't know. Just don't do the death sticks. <laughs> Keep it clean, folks. Yeah. But next week, next week is our 300th episode. Which, that's crazy. And it's going to be a hair-raising episode, to say the least. It's going to get hairy. So think about that. Look forward to that next week. And thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. comic right <laughs> well it's from the original script but yeah it's in the comic unbelievable it's one of the cut scenes unbelievable may the force be with all of you <laughs>